This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, there it is. We got playoff football in Houston, people. Let's get it going. Cleveland Browns, Houston Texans, 3.30 Saturday. You can hear the game right here on Sports Radio 610. Seth and I have you at 12.30 for Texans Countdown. Clint Sterner and I with a uh, hopefully victorious postgame show, just like this last Saturday night against the Indianapolis Colts. That music can mean only one thing. Joining us right now on the program, first appearance in the year 2024, Texans Executive Vice President and General Manager Nick Casario joining us on the show. Nick, how we doing? Morning, fellas. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Yeah, it's good to, good to have you. Um, congrats on, on everything. Congrats on the season. Congrats on the, the division. Congrats on the playoff appearance. We just got done going through a list that Cleveland.com put together about you guys, kind of their observations on the Texans. And it got me thinking, you're from up that way. Does this game take on for you personally, like a little more significance? <laughs> like, do you have got like in week 16, did you have buddies texting you and things like that after that game? Uh, no, most of my buddies are in other cities or throughout the country. So other than my family, um, I'd say that's probably the extent of my, uh, connection to Cleveland. So, um, no, I mean, I've got family up there, um, obviously grew up there, but don't think it brings on any more significance other than they probably family. They, my family wants been, to come to the game so they want to show up and fly down to Houston so I guess I have to accommodate them. there you go there you <laughs> yeah go. you've been in this business long enough that they've had they've had to have abandoned their original loyalties by now right <laughs> the flags constantly change so my mother will send me texts before games with whatever flag is appropriate so she yeah. flies hey Texan flag now. So. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, look, your mom's had it pretty easy as NFL parents go. It's like, yeah, you know, every 20 years or so, they, they're going to change teams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to win six Super Bowls along yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Casario. My parents are very proud and happy. They so. <laughs> should be. They should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Nick, uh, great to talk to you as always. Um, I'm sure... The, the, as we look back at, at Saturday night and, and the weekend, the, the whole thing that went with the weekend and, and you guys winning the division and what a journey it's been. I'm sure you got to see the video of D'Amico kind of alone in the hallway there, kind of reflecting on everything with his thoughts. Did you have a moment like that after everything this weekend where you've had a chance? I mean, you, this, yesterday was your three-year anniversary being hired by the Texans. I'm not sure if you knew that. Have you had a chance? I didn't know the exact. I figured it was around there. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I yeah, mean, you, so. you've got, you, you've got a, a, you know, maybe a different perspective on reflecting back on all this. Yeah, I think it's important to just kind of be in a moment and live in the present. Um, we're all a product of our history, and we experience things at different points. Um, and not to sound kind of cliche-ish, but 
I've always just taken things sort of one day at a time and just appreciative of the opportunity in front of us. Um, you know, I think what you saw from D'Amico um, was real, kind of reflective of who he is as a, as a person and a human being. He's invested so much time and energy and effort, I'd say, into this organization, into this city, um, and just to have an appreciation for what we accomplished, um, have a tremendous amount of respect and admiration and appreciation for him and the job that he's done. Um, you know, certainly grateful for the opportunity that ownership has provided uh, to be in the position that, that I'm in, that we're in. Um, you know, so it's it's a cool accomplishment. Um, but I think the big thing is is we want to just continue to move forward. And you don't want to look back and necessarily reflect. I mean, there's time for that. Um, it's probably a pro- more appropriate for – I'm sure you guys have taken some polls on that or have more discussions about that. But I think our job is to kind of focus on the present, focus on what's in front of us, focus on what we control. And really it's a credit to the coaches and the players that were in this position – um, it's taken a lot of work by a lot of different people, I'd say, along the way, going back to, honestly, February, last February, March, when we had some of our players after the 22 season that were in the building training and preparing, um, you know, for for what was going to happen here in 2023. And there, uh, Stingley was one of those players. Petrie's one of those players. I'd say some of our, I'd say, younger players, better players that – have been in the program, they were ready to to prepare. And really what that shows is the mindset that that they all had, that we had. And as we put the team together over the course of the spring, I think we felt that we would have a competitive team. Now, what does that necessarily translate to? That's not that's not our job. That's your job. That's for you guys to have fun with and kind of figure out, all right, how many wins are they going to have? Where's it going to like, we can't worry about that. All we can focus is on putting together the best team possible, making good decisions. And then once we get into the season, being able to adjust and adapt to the circumstances. And then once you get to the end of the season, then you kind of take inventory of, of where you are and you're either in a position to continue your season or you're not. So, you know, certainly thankful and grateful. I mean, Sunday morning was kind of a normal day, I would say, in the Casario household, which is, you know, kind of get up, go to church, and just kind of not make it about football, but just make it about our family, make it about our girls, and just kind of, you know, it's a it's a normal day, and not kind of get too caught up in some of the hoopla, but also understand that, you know, we're excited and appreciative of the opportunity that's in front of us. So I would say that kind of is a quick snapshot and summation of the um, – you know, of the weekend, but I would say like that video, D'Amico, that's real and that's who he is. Um, and you know, you saw it all right there. Um, what he's about and what he's really brought to our program, um, in a short period of time. Nick, um, I gotta be honest with you. I had struggled with figuring out exactly how to ask this question because like last year there was chatter and speculation. It seems like around the combine time onward that you were going to end up, uh, back in new England and last week there was a report by a guy who's been wrong about GM reports with the Texans going back to 2014, and yet um, it took on it, it got some traction that there that there was a chance that you were going to end up back in New England. So I guess I would ask two parts. Um, one is just is there any truth to that? And two, does it feel better that at least this time it doesn't seem like as many people are like running with it as they did last spring? Yeah, I'm going to try to like hold my tongue here a little bit, but I would just say this time of year, there's a lot of things that are said, and anybody that makes a jackass statement that 
they either know me or trust me, you can rely on this information, honestly, is totally off base. So I would say I am grateful for the opportunity that I have here. Um, Respectfully, I know there's a lot of reporters out there that think they have information, but this, this becomes silly season. It happens every year, whether it's during the January, February cycle when you have coaching changes, whether it's around the draft. Um, those that really know me um, know how I operate and what I'm about. And other than, you know, 610 Sports Radio, I'm not really a big media person. Um, but I keep it to myself and just try to show up, try to do my job, try to support the people that I'm with on a day-to-day basis and just focus on the things that I control and not worry about some offhanded statements that are made out of left field that, quite frankly, have zero validity. So, you know, I'm excited about the opportunity that I've been presented here in Houston. I'm excited about where our team is, understanding we have plenty of work that's in front of us. I've loved every second of the opportunity to work with D'Amico since he was hired, since he and I have been together, and to work with his coaching staff and to work with our players and to work with the people in our building. And I'm just going to focus on the things that I can control, which is doing the best I can for the Houston Texans organization for as long as ownership provides the opportunity for me. So, like, whoever these reporters are that make these, you know, ridiculous statements, you know, maybe you want to talk to me about it first before you put some information out there that has actually zero basis. Nick Casario, Texans GM, joining us here on Sports Radio 610. Nick, you came from an environment up in New England that was kind of unique in, in, you know, with Coach Belichick and how that structure went. You know, you're coming here. It feels like a little bit more of a traditional GM, head coach kind of structure. Here in year three with you and D'Amico, is this kind of what you envisioned when you went into the role three years ago of what a GM, head coach relationship would look like? Yeah, I would say every situation Sean is probably different, and I think what you have to do is look at your situation and understand the gravity of running a football team is massive, and I would say very few people can handle the overarching, I would say, operation. I mean, you could probably count on one hand the number of people that could do it at a high level with Bill being at the top of the list, probably put Coach Reed in that category as well, but every situation is a little bit different, so our job, my job, is to support the coaching staff, to support the players. And as you work through any relationship, there's always going to be things, oh, maybe a little bit less here, maybe a little bit more there. You try to figure it out. But I think if the relationship is built on trust, respect, and communication, then in realizing that we're all trying to accomplish the same thing, we're all trying to win as many football games as possible, put the best team together um, that we can on a year-to-year basis, And whatever role and responsibility that entails, it takes a number of different people. Um, My job, and I've kind of, you know, alluded to this or mentioned this, is just to kind of, you know, navigate through and sort of steer the ship a little bit and be a resource and be a conduit of information. And, you know, wherever I'm needed, whatever job that is, whatever role that is, however big or small it is, I think we all have to have that mindset. So, you know, I think sometimes the head coach and general manager get – you know, more of the credit, less of the credit, but we all have to support one another and everybody that's in our building has an important job. So, um, you know, I'd say our relationship from the time that D'Amico has started um, back in January or whenever it was, you know, I think it's grown each day and we've learned a lot about each other. 
Uh, I've come to appreciate him and respect him and admire him probably even more than I did before he got the job. So, um, and each year is going to be different. So I think each situation is always going to be a little bit different. Um, the bottom line is you need a number of people um, to put a successful product on the field. And at some point you're going to need everybody. And, you know, I think we're fortunate to be, you know, in a, in a pretty good position and hopefully the relationship continues to grow and we can kind of build on some of the things that we've done this year. Um, so I saw you on the sideline last night at the national championship game, uh, which was, I know, I know your travel schedule is brutal, but it was good of you to get out there and be scouting those kids. I, it did remind it was a me long of walk from upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you probably didn't even want to go, right? You're just trying to get to your car. You're like the different security things. <laughs> well, I know it reminded me of the fact that, you know, the Panthers sent uh, basically, it felt like their entire organization to the pro days for CJ Stroud and Bryce. Young, the Texans sent far fewer representatives to those pro days. What what went into that decision to to not necessarily go full force at the quarterback pro days? I'll I'll be respectful when I say this as well. I think sometimes there's a bunch of BS fanfare that's associated with some of those pro days. You know, when you send you know hordes of people, I'd say if you have a specific reason why you're going to do that, then. Whatever you believe in organization or philosophically, then you know, then the, you should do that. Um, I think sometimes you can actually get more work done doing it other ways. And the reality is, you evaluated those players over the course of one, maybe even two years. So you've done comprehensive study, and then you have an opportunity to meet with the player at the combine, likely. And there's probably a good chance that you're either going to a bring that player into the building or you're going to go to their campus and kind of spend more time with them. Um, I know these have become, I would say, to a certain extent, certain pro days have become a little bit more media-driven. Um, you know, when there's 56,000 networks that show up and evaluate when a guy throws routes on air and then walk away from the workout and talk about, you know, how well the guy threw the football. I mean, okay. I mean, my daughter can probably evaluate that as well and show up at the workout. So, I'd say it depends on what you're trying to get accomplished and what you're trying to get done. In the end, we're going to do what we feel is best for organization. We'll get to the end point um, that we feel is appropriate, um, but we're not just going to do things that, quite frankly, might just be for surface level or some fluff associated with it. I'm not saying every workout is like that. What I'm saying is that some of these have become that. Now, if you have a school where you have, let's just use Michigan as an example, well, I'd say there's a good chance they're going to probably have 15, 20 prospects that are going to be draft eligible or in the draft. So there's an opportunity to watch a wide swath of players over the course of a day. Maybe there's something that you haven't seen during the course of the fall or a player's coming back from an injury and you want to see him up close or if there's something specific you really want to see. And then as you move around from like that program to another group of players, you're kind of comparing and contrasting. But I think sometimes it's just so quarterback centric, so quarterback driven. You know, let's make sure we show our face. Okay, well, it might be important to do that. But quite frankly, it might be a bunch of – look, there's going to be how many cameras? Like there's going to be a million cameras that are there. So I would say the way D'Amico and I operate is pretty low profile. Like we're about work. You know, it's about substantive work, not necessarily getting caught up in a bunch of fluff, 
but get our work done, get what we need to get done, get what we need to get accomplished, make sure we have the right information so that we can make the best decision for the Houston Texans organization on every front. So that's where hopefully we'll keep our focus. Texans so hopefully, that answer, hopefully that answers your question. No, no, it does. It does. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, Texas GM on with us uh, right now on Sports Radio 610. So, Nick, I, I, that trade, the Panthers trade up on March 10th for the number one overall pick. And those pro days for C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young aren't until a couple weeks after that. So your evaluation process, once you realize the Panthers have the number one overall pick and they're almost definitely going to take a quarterback, does it change kind of your approach to how you evaluate the quarterbacks? Or maybe, like, does it shift over into, like, okay, whichever one of these guys we might take, we're going to start focusing on how we would coach them? Or is it just business as usual? Yeah, what you're doing is wherever you're slotted – you're probably evaluating a certain pocket or group of player within that however many picks it is, understanding that, okay, said player gets picked one, or you're going to have your options um, whenever you pick next. So I would say, like, fast forward in this year to some degree, like where we're going to be picking, unless we trade up, in which, again, I'm not coming on air saying we're not going to trade up or we're going to trade down because then everybody will be like, oh, man, well, here's what their draft plans are. But anyways, we're positioned to pick in the, call it, you know, 20-ish sort of range. So if we end up staying there, there's probably a good group of players, 15 to 20 players that or 12 to 15 players that you're not going to see. But you're still going to evaluate them so that you're well-positioned and prepared in the event that, that circumstances change. So I think the big thing is just go through your evaluative process, understand what your options are, understanding kind of where you're slotted to pick, and then ultimately make the decision that you feel is in the best interest of the organization. So we'll try to stay consistent with that process. I don't think you're necessarily steered one direction or another just based on what other teams are doing. You have to focus on your team, what you're doing. It's not too dissimilar to kind of what we're doing this week. Like we have to focus on the Houston Texans. What are some of the areas that we can improve? What are some of the ways that we can play better than we did against Cleveland, you know, a few weeks ago? So it's the same thought process and the same mindset as it uh, pertains to the draft. So um, what other teams are doing, you kind of have some maybe understanding or awareness, but in the end, you're not going to let that drive your decision-making your decision-making is going to be based on the work that you've put in, the information that you've gathered, and the endpoint that you've arrived at this collective group, and just making sure you're prepared, you know, come draft day or whenever it is, to make the right decision for the organization at that current time. Texans Executive Vice President and GM Nick Casario joining us on the show. So I think we're all really happy it worked out the way it did. 
that CJ Stroud is the quarterback for the football team here. So, Nick, do you do you have a? I've been thinking about this. Do you have a favorite CJ Stroud throw this season? Like, if I'm playing word association with you and I say six CJ throw, which one immediately comes to mind for you? Uh, yeah, you probably want to start with the throw to Nico the other night. I mean, essentially it was a 75 yard handoff. I mean, like that's. I mean. You're talking about two really skilled players. Um, you know, I'd say that throw. I think that throw against Jacksonville, the tank there when we were, you know, early in, in the first, the first quarter. I mean, those were two. I would say, you know, top notch throws. Which when you throw the ball down the field, typically it's pretty not lower percentage, but you know, there's just more incompletions than there are completions. Uh, but to be able to throw the ball with accuracy and placement in those particular situations, you know, I'd say those are. I'd say two you know, that kind of jump off the tape. Um, you know, I think just overall, like the passing game, you know, for the most part, we've done a good job of with the overall execution of it. There's been moments, you know, where we've had some throws we'd like to have back, some plays we'd like to have back. But in overall, I mean, made good decisions. DJ's made really good decisions. Many time your touchdown interception ratio is what it is. Um, it means you take care of the football. Your ball placement is in the right spot. You understand the integrity of the play. You understand what's being asked to play. You understand what your options are on the play. And that goes back to the play design, which goes back to Bobby, you know, Gerard, the offensive staff. So, I mean, CJ's a talented player. Um, he's done a great job, um, you know, collectively as a team. You know, we put ourselves in a position. So, um, I'd say those are two. You know, if you want to start there, you could probably put that poll up in six ten as well. I'm sure everybody. I did. Twitter doesn't in. have enough choices. There's only four choices on Twitter. CJ's got like fifty of these. Why don't this you year. talk to Elon Musk and see if we can get some, some changes? I got made him on to, speed. Uh, we need. You know what? X. You know what we need, Nick? It's not Twitter. We need a full bracket of CJ throws, like a sixteen or thirty-two team bracket of his throws this year. Hey, along it's like those, the college football playoff going from 4 to 12. That's so it, man. Yeah, that's, Changes are possible. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, along those lines, you mentioned Bobby and um, the reports yesterday that there have been a couple requests to, to interview Bobby Slowick for head coaching vacancies. I guess just <clears throat> thoughts on your year working so far with Bobby Slowick and I guess just as importantly, maybe more importantly, as you plan here, you know, the do, do you guys have a – kind of a succession plan with, you know, D'Amico's a defensive coach, so you, there, there may be some churn at the offensive coordinator in the future. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, this time of year, I mean, there's a process that the league has in place, so, you know, we'll certainly comply with those, you know, parameters and rules and regulations. I would say specific, you know, to Bobby, you know, Bobby's done an unbelievable job for uh, for the organization this season. You know, we'll support him in any way possible. There's obviously – a lot of dominoes that are going to fall relative to this whole, I would say, process. So we'll take it one day at a time. But, you know, we've put together, D'Amico's put together, you know, a really good coaching staff, which is the reason we're in the position that we're in. Um, so we'll look at, you know, our options if we get to that point. But certainly grateful and thankful for the job that Bobby has done for us here this season. Um, the goal is to try to keep as many good coaches and people mm-hmm. and players in the building for as long as possible. So, you know, we'll work through the process, whatever that entails. And you always have to have sort of contingency plans in place. You know, you're trying to balance multiple things right now. I think the focus more than anything is on the players and getting ready for the Cleveland Browns, which is certainly a, a significant task ahead of us. And if there's other things that we have to deal with at some point, then we'll handle them in due time. But, you know, Bobby's done a great job. Um, you know, you guys have talked to Bobby or, they, you know, he's talked to the media, you know, once a week here. And, you know, I'm sure Bobby will tell you that he's grown and he's learned a lot. And, um, 
you know, we're fortunate to have him here. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can continue to work with him uh, moving forward. Yeah, you know what upset me about Bobby Slowick was that uh, I'd heard from all these people beforehand that he was going to be all business and just uh, just wants to be left alone. He steps in front of the microphone and he's delightful. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, I, all I can stop thinking about is the fact that this guy will be awesome in an interview, and it angers me. So it's probably, uh, the, same that, it's probably the same reporters that said I was leaving. So like, take that. <laughs> probably have to take it with a grain of salt. I, I will say I'll uh, I'll back off on him a little bit because he finally called a flea flicker, which uh, was successful, even though it didn't end up being a pass. That was my favorite. Hell of a run quality. on that flea flicker. That was a yeah. very Nick, good correct me if I'm wrong. The flea flicker is it, it works a hundred percent of the time what why are there not more flea flickers <laughs> uh, uh you have to talk to the offensive coordinators in the league so there's a time and a place so anytime you run a gadget you know there's, there's you're trying yeah. to catch it within the rhythm um in the appropriate time to make the play call so um i'm sure we'll have a few others uh up our sleeves here um Maybe over the next few weeks. You guys, you guys could be innovators. You could be like Daryl Morey. You could, uh, you could revolutionize <laughs> yeah. the use of flea flickers. The flea flickers, the, the new three-pointer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to go analytics now. That we're going to like shift gears and yes. go in that direction. Yes, okay. yes. Hey, I don't need no analytics to tell me a hundred percent is good, and it works a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> and the Cornell degree. The yes. Hey, um, Nick Casario joining us on the program. Nick, you've had a ton of success on the waiver wire since the trade deadline. You brought in some some guys who've really contributed and I'm curious were there any of the guys that you've picked up I mean and just for the audience's uh information you know Derek Barnett Kareem Jackson Tier Tart I'm missing one Adrian Amos was picked up as well were there any of the guys that you were that you picked up that you were surprised hadn't been claimed in front of you that process Sean it's just you never really know how mm-hmm. it's going to work itself out so early in the year your the claiming process is based on what your record was the previous year and then after a week I want to say five or six then it's whatever your position you're in then you're trying to weigh all right is this do we have an opportunity to get this player what are the teams may or may not be interested what teams have been taxed at certain positions so what we try to do is each day we go through the waiver wire if there's a name on there that we feel warrants discussion We'll talk about it as a pro scouting staff and kind of do some back, get some background information. You have 24 hours. It's a good thing. You have an opportunity. It's not like you have to make a knee jerk decision. It's the waiver wire. Honestly, none of us, I mean, anybody that tells you, nobody has any idea who's going to, going to show up there on a day to day basis. So our job is to, when the waiver wire comes out, evaluate the players that have been released, whether it's from an active roster or a practice squad, look at our situation. Is there a player that's worth discussing? So we'll talk about it as a pro scouting staff. D'Amico and I will sit for a few minutes. Hey, you know, might want to think about so-and-so. Let's go back maybe if they have to do some work. And the good thing is the way that um, the, the video system is set up and the way our database is set up. So you can actually go to the said player, find the number of plays that he's actually played, and in a kind of 15, 20-minute period, you could probably find the 50 or 60 plays that he's played. So you can actually watch an individual player. It's not the old, I would say, beta tapes where you literally have to, which I've done this, time code, mark the tape, and if you're dealing with multiple players, kind of set up a ledger, then go back and then record it and create an individualized tape. So the benefits of technology, like we're seeing those on a day-to-day basis, I think it helps teams from a scouting perspective as well, specifically in pro scouting in season when there's a timely nature to this. So we'll go through the the evening or the day, do our film evaluation, have a discussion as a scouting staff, 
D'Amico and I will meet about it. Hey, if we do this, here's the residual move we'd have to make. Okay, here's a player. Here's a role he may or may not have. Is it worth discussing? And then we have to look at our team. A lot of this is driven by where you are with your team at that time. So with the safety position, we've had some players that were in and out. Then we lost MJ. Then we lost Eric. Brought DHC back. So DHC was here early in the year in a practice squad play. Then he left. He was on Baltimore's practice squad. Had familiarity with the system, both defensively and the kicking game. So we thought it made sense to bring him back. And then the situation of Adrian and Kareem and some of the other players that you had articulated that you mentioned, those players had a, a vast amount of experience, have played for whatever reason it wasn't working out on their team. So then we have to do is make a decision. All right, does it make sense? All right. And then really what you're trying to a certain extent – you're taking a little bit of a flyer, but then once you get the player here, then you have an opportunity to evaluate it, and you're not really, I would say, beholden to that player because if it doesn't work out after a week or two, then you can release the player and move on, or maybe you want to get the player here and you want to have him in the building, but the way to get him here is to claim him, and then you eventually maybe try to get him to the practice squad. So there's a lot of gymnastics that potentially can be involved, but A, it goes back to understanding the player, knowing the player, knowing his skill set, knowing his strengths, knowing how he might be able to help your team, and then talk about it as a coaching staff and then figure out whether or not it's worth pursuing. I would say in Tart situation, we were a little bit banged up on the interior of the defensive line, so it was a way to, you know, I think he was released over three or four games left, whatever it was, so a short period of time, here's a player that has experience, for whatever reason it's not working wherever they were, we can't necessarily worry about what happened there unless there's something that's going to affect what goes on on a day-to-day basis in the building. So I know it's a long-winded answer, but the bottom line is, is we look at everybody and the more knowledge and more information that we have on the players, the better. And then we can make a decision and we either put a claim in or we pass on the player and then just figure out, you know, when the appropriate time to bring in um, players as needed. Nick, I mean, you talking about the way the video systems work now, I get, I get like super excited and jealous because it's amazing what these kids can do now. I mean, pass rushing, pass rushing is completely different than it used to be. Uh, Like, because they can watch this stuff on YouTube from the time they're 12 years old. And then just like CJ Stroud talking about how he learned a lot of his mechanics from watching Drew Brees on YouTube. But then when I listen to either D'Amico or some of the players talk about it, it sounds like D'Amico and Bobby have really incorporated just the ability to show video of anything and everything like as a teaching tape and in a way that maybe wasn't done until the last decade or so where you, you can really just see – you can show guys things and they can imitate it instead of having to spend half an hour in the classroom trying to figure things out. No, absolutely. We're fortunate to have the resources available, and I would say this is the benefit of technology. Technology moves fast, as we all know. It's constantly changing, constantly evolving, and you can use it to your advantage however you see fit. So coaches are always kind of going back and looking at, I'd say, old cut-ups or old tape, but if there's maybe a specific, I would say, technique or specific skill or specific play – the timely nature of it is probably where the biggest change has taken place. So you don't have to go search, try to code it, and try to go back. Do we have the film? Do we not have the film? There's multiple avenues that are available. And what we have to do is just as a team and organization is just be able to utilize the resources that we to the, to the best of our ability, understanding you can't use everything. So you want to be judicious with your time and your use. But if there's something specific that you think can help a player or your team, then, you know, we have a responsibility to try to to go find it. So, um, you know, this is just 
we're reaping the benefits of, I would say, the advances that have taken place in society from a technological standpoint, and some candidly embrace it, you know, more than others. So we'll use whatever we can to help our team uh, to try to improve and try to make ourselves better. Texans GM Nick Casario joining us. You're listening to KLT and KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. Nick, I'm not going to ask if you have how you're doing on time. I'm just going to promise you that we're going to get you out of here in the next couple minutes. Um, you got it. Okay. Um, hey, um, Damian Pierce was on the postgame show with us, actually following the last Cleveland game when he had the kickoff return for the touchdown. He was on the postgame show with me and Clint. He was very honest and open about the struggles he's having this year adapting to the new offense. That's why we love Damian Pierce. He's just very forthright. And he even said to the extent he said he, he's, he said it probably won't happen this year to where he fully attains what your guy's vision is for what he can be in this offense. In your mind, what does Damian need to do, maybe in the offseason even, to become a bigger part of the offense again? Yeah, I think the reality is the players just have to be themselves. Um, you know, DP's a great kid. He's got a great attitude. Uh, he's about the team. And, you know, I think the way that he's embraced his role, um, his kickoff return, um, is certainly emblematic of who he is and how he how he operates and just his willingness to do whatever he can to help the team. So I'd say just generally speaking, at times, players maybe sometimes put a little bit too much pressure on themselves and they're, they're trying too hard. I mean, Damien's a skilled player. Um, he's got good playing strength. He's strong with the ball. He's good with the ball in his hands. So each year is different. So whatever happened the previous year, quite frankly, doesn't necessarily have as much relevance relative to the the future year. So any way that you can improve as a player in the off season, whatever that you know, whatever you feel that you can do to make yourself a better player, whatever that looks like, that that's a responsibility of the player. Each year is different. Damian has helped our team. He, he's going to help our team here for as long as we're playing over the next few weeks. Um, and we were fortunate to have a pretty good group uh, of players in that room with Motor, Dare, and his role. And everybody has a lot of confidence in DP, and DP's got a great attitude, shows up every day with the right mindset. And I'd say, quite frankly, I mean, I've seen players handle that situation, you know, going from playing to not playing very poorly, but Damien has handled it exemplary. Um, and, you know, we're fortunate to have him here, and he's got a bright future in front of him. Um, so I think sometimes players, maybe they just need a little bit of a reset or just they got to just take a little different approach or, you know, not too much, put too much pressure on themselves and just realize, just make it simple. This game is a simple game made hard. Um, just keep it simple and just try to improve, try to figure out ways to improve. And, you know, when the off season comes, like that's where you devote um, time to that particular area. So um, DP is going to help us. He's helped us win games, and, you know, we're glad he's on the team. Nick Casario joining us on the show. All right, Nick, um, before we get you out of here, we had multiple texts saying, um, hey, ask Nick who his pick is for the Royal Rumble. Like, do we have a roster yet? Was there like three or four entrants? I I mean, I think I've read like Shinsuke, CM Punk. I mean, it's 30 though, right? So we're kind of waiting on the heavy hitters, right? It's 30. We know know Cody and CM Punk are going to be in there. Those are the Cody and CM Punk. Okay. Like, we don't like the Miz. Like, he's going to. Now, I would say the Miz, like, I know he endeared himself to the Browns fans, right? Didn't him and Njoku. I mean, I, you know, I know we're playing Njoku. We can't really hate on him that much. The fact that he's doing like a day in the life of the Miz or. Some garbage since they're both Cleveland guys. <laughs> right. So, but anyways, like the Miz, I would say big LA Knight fan. So I think he's kinda I don't know if he's in the mix. Reigns is kinda up in his old he's in his own category of acknowledgement. So he's you Yeah, know, he won't be in the rumble because he's the champion right now. But LA Knight right. I think is in there for sure. I didn't know you yeah, were an so LA Knight guy. 
Yeah, he's got a. He just his. He makes me laugh. Like <laughs> honest to God, like his whole stick. Like he really kind of makes me laugh. Yeah. And the fans seem to like him. So, um, wasn't sure, but you know, anytime I see him, it's not you know. And the Rock showed up the other night, yeah. right? And he looked like he looked like he hadn't spent too much time in a weight room. I know that. <laughs> yeah, you I mean, holy cow! <laughs> So, All right, so I'm here. I think once we have a full roster, maybe we can, you know, maybe I'll call back in okay. or something. Or okay. we can, we're going to get you on the Friday, make, Friday before the Rumble. Pick. Friday before the Rumble, you're going to come on and you're going to preview the Royal when Rumble. When is the Rumble? It's, it's <laughs> January 27th, so we're going to get you on on Football Friday to preview the Rumble and preview the Texans versus whoever in the AFC title. Right, Omar game. is probably going to, like, you know. <laughs> He's probably rolling over in his chair on this, but we'll, we'll see what we, we'll make something. Yeah, I'm, here, I'm joking. So. I'm, I'm joking around. No, you're not. <laughs> It'll be on Thursday. The fans yeah. aren't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 Hey, Nick, before we get you out, just, uh, you know, we, we know how the last game went against Cleveland. You guys are a different team, obviously, this time with CJ and some other guys back now. Just thoughts on if, you, if there's one big thing you can improve upon as a team over week 16 against Cleveland, what would it be? Yeah, look, bottom line is, you know, we didn't play very well in that game. Cleveland played really well. I think if, you know, we limit the explosive plays defensively <clears throat> and take advantage of our plays, you know, offensively, we had some opportunities, quite frankly, in that game, we're able to take advantage of them. But I would just say, generally speaking, this time of year, it comes down to the teams that really execute the best. Everybody's talented. Everybody has a number of good players. The teams that execute the best on a consistent basis will be the teams that have success at the end of the day. So, um, you know, we didn't play very well. We got off to a slow start. Um, they were able to get on top and kind of play from ahead, and they're a team when they can play from ahead. Look, they have the best defense in the league. They've got a lot of great players on that side of the ball. I mean, my great players on the offensive side of the ball. They're a good football team. They've won 11 games for a reason. Certainly present significant challenges, but if we can improve some areas, um, take care of some of the things as it pertains to the Houston Texans, not necessarily Cleveland Browns, and hopefully we can give ourselves an opportunity to to win the game in the fourth quarter. So, But I, I'd say limiting the explosive plays. I mean, Coop's a great player. I think he broke like the career receiving record for the Browns or something like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, limiting you know his touches, limiting the explosive plays, and you know, taking advantage of our plays offensively when they're going to be important against a really good defense. So I think the team will be ready to go. We're excited about the opportunity in front of us. Hopefully the city Houston is ready to go on Saturday afternoon as well. We're certainly excited and grateful for their chance to still be playing meaningful football in January. Yeah, at home. I mean, it's it is uh, it's really really exciting. Uh, Texans GM Nick Casera. By the way, a text message: The Rock is clearly on Nick's Royal Rumble waiver wire. Okay, that <laughs> sounds about right. He might be. He, he might be. He, he might be. He's there. You got you a film on him. He's too busy him? forming like the spring league. So. Right, right, right. But Nick, it's very easy to go find film on him. You just go to the Peacock app and go to the WWE <laughs> Network, and it's just like scouting Derek Barnett. You know, it's the same exact thing. But you're going exactly. to get in the Rock for the Royal Rumble. <laughs> same exact thing. Hey, Nick. Uh, best of luck this Saturday. We always enjoy the conversation, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you guys. Yep, appreciate you. Nick Casario joining us here on the show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.